0: Luke chapter 1, Good to excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 1. No, don't go to Luke, go to 1 Peter. We'll start all over. If you're a guest with us here today, I'm Pastor Mike. We're delighted to have you here today. Welcome to our worship service. In just a moment, we'll be looking at 1 Peter chapter 1, and we'll be thinking about hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Before I do that, I want to uh, read to you a letter we received. Hold on just a second. All right, I appreciate it. I'm going to read this letter that I received from, uh, from our brothers and sisters in Cuba. Uh, recently, our people were uh, there in Cuba. And I want, to, uh, I want to read this to you. I'm not going to read it in Spanish. I'm going to read it in English, the English translation. Thank you, Brother Scott. Forgive us for all these technical difficulties. We have this letter coming to us from Iglesia Baptista, Bethesda, uh, Pastor Milton Brown in uh, Contra Maestra, Santiago de Cuba, Dear Brother Michael Miller, Senior Pastor of First Baptist Church of Dixon, Tennessee, and to all the brothers and sisters of the Dixon Congregation. We greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May God's power and grace continue to be poured out upon your lives in an abundant way, so that you will continue to love as you do and serve our God. It has been our honor to receive your letter in the midst of the our. There we are, in the midst of our 69th anniversary, which we have celebrated in style with your church team that has visited us. We appreciate your missionary work and the time you have dedicated uh, to teach us from the word and accompany us in the services we do for our heavenly father. These have been intense days, but at the same time, very productive. Up to this hour, 156 lives have made professions of faith. You are a part of this great harvest. God rewards you. I can see the jewels in your eternal crowns. Thank you so much for the medicines and dental supplies. I know that the church participated with money and materials. I have no words to thank you for your act of love towards my people and it will help many people. We have made known of your serv we, we have been made known of your service in the United States and in other regions of the world. May the Lord continue to use you, and may he reward every work of your hands. We are inspired by your missionary work, so together let us continue preaching to the lost, loving people, and following Jesus faithfully until he returns, knowing that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. God bless you abundantly, Pastor Milton Brown. Heavenly Father... We pray for Pastor Brown, and we pray for our brothers and sisters at Iglesia Baptista Bethesda. We pray for them today. They are the blessed ones. They suffer greatly, Lord. You know their sufferings. You know their shortages. You know their situation. We have been been blessed with much, and so we give, but we do not give all we can give. We can give more. We pray for them today as they seek to share the gospel. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent the Lord Jesus Christ to his hope for the nations, hope for the Gentiles, and the glory of Israel. We pray today that you might help us to sense and understand the troubles of our brothers and sisters who serve Christ all around the world, who do not have the blessings of materials that we have, that we take for granted, your provision and your blessing. We offer our thanks to you. And we pray that the Holy Spirit of God would do great work there in Cuba, in the midst of people who they preach the gospel to, who are are around them, who live in such hopelessness. May the Lord Jesus Christ, may there be a great harvest in Cuba. May there be a great harvest around the world as your people share and preach the gospel and the Holy Spirit power. And we thank you for the chance we have to look at your word today. So bless our time now. In the word of God, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. I'd like for you to read with me. We're going to read verse number 3 and then we'll jump down to verse number 10. And read through verse number 13. Today we talk about Jesus Christ as the promised one, the hope of salvation. Jesus Christ is the promised one. I'm emphasizing. Jesus Christ is the promised one, the hope of salvation. Praise the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us has caused us to be born again to a living hope, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse number 10, As to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them, that is the prophets, that they were not serving themselves, but you. In these things which now have been announced to you, through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Peter begins by talking about living hope. Verse number three, how do you have living hope? How do you have hope that is alive, that is hope that goes with you through all the conditions of life? Well, it's when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, when you are born again, when you have believed that God raised him from the dead, you've repented of your sins, you've confessed him as Lord, you experience the hopefulness that comes in knowing Jesus Christ. And what do we do as Brother Scott mentioned to us earlier, what do we do while we're living in hope? It's in verse number 13. We set our hope. We fix our hope. We settle our hope. We keep our hope until Jesus comes again. We saw in verse number 10 that the prophets were prophesying about grace that would come. Verse number 10, through the promised one, Jesus Christ. And then Peter reminds us in verse 13, that our hope is fixed upon the grace that is coming again through the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So today we talk about hopefulness. We've sung about it all day. We thought about it in the words that we've heard from the scriptures. We've lit, we've lit the hope candle as we think about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ at Christmas. And I remind you today that all of these things we celebrate and enjoy because we are the ones who live on this side of the cross, this side of the resurrection, this side of the ascension of Christ, and we wait for His return. That's why Peter, did you notice it? I'll just point it out quickly. Notice how many times he talks about you. He talks about you. I'm talking to you today. These words are for you today. They're not words for a past generation. They're not words for uh, the past ones who heard these words. These are the words for you today. So today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Respond to God. Look what Peter says. As to the salvation, these prophets prophesied of grace that would come to you. If you're born again here today, we live now in the days of grace. Because of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, His coming at birth, praise God, the God-man who died for us, rose from the dead, ascended to heaven. The grace of God has come to us, to you. He goes on, these things were revealed to the prophets in verse number 12, and they were told, these things aren't for you, prophets. These things are for those who are to come, to you. Today, I'm declaring to you what the prophets promised about Jesus Christ, and these things are for you to know, for you to be encouraged that the prophecies and promises of God in Christ have been fulfilled and are being fulfilled. They're for you. Then he goes on and says in verse 12, in these things now, they have been announced to you through gospel preaching to you. That's what I'm doing here today. Seeking to share the gospel again with you, the good news. The good news that Jesus died for our sins was buried. On the third day, he rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven. Praise God is returning. The gospel, we preach the gospel. It is for you. It is for all of you who can hear these words. It's for all of your neighbors and friends. It's for everyone who is alive today. These things the angels are amazed by. When the angels look at the glory of God upon the church when they see us declaring the gospel, when they witness the power of God to change lives, they stoop down with amazement. They are amazed at the glory, the glory and majesty that comes through Jesus Christ and the hopefulness that it brings to all of us. Look, I don't have to stand and tell you about the hopelessness of the world today or the hope lost world There are some who say, well, I used to be hopeful, but I've lost all hope. Hopeless, hope lost people all around us. Some of them may be in your very house. Some of them may have sat at the Thanksgiving table with you. Some of them, you you saw them in the store. You looked into the eyes of many people who live in the world today with hopelessness, hope lost. And yet we are God's people, those who have great hope. The ones who have hope must go to the hopeless, to the hope lost, and share the best news of all. That Jesus Christ is the promised one, the hope of salvation. So I have some observations that I want us to look at from verses 10 through 12 for just a moment together. Number one, I want us to think about in the first three of these, the prophets. The prophets, these strange men who spoke for God in all kinds of times in the Old Testament. Now, if you have your Bible, you have your Old Testament, and there are all of those books, all of those prophets. You have all of these men who were speaking for God to their generation, but they were also receiving from God through the Holy Spirit. Words about someone who was coming who would change the world forever. Boys and girls, when you think about Jesus at Christmas time, you're thinking about the the most famous person who's ever been. He is the one who's been spoken of, promised to come for thousands of years, and he has come. He lived on this earth, he was born, he died on the cross, he rose from the dead after he died, he ascended into heaven, and he will someday ascend and come back, descend and come back to this world. He will return, and it's sooner than it used to be. This is the one we're talking about, these prophets, were talking about a person who would change the world. Who would bring grace, who would bring love, who would bring justice, who would bring mercy. This is the one we're talking about. And we know Him, we confess Him as the promised one, the Lord Jesus Christ. So at Christmas time, we hope. How can we not hope? How can we not live with hopefulness? You must check in your mind today if you are struggling with hopelessness. Why are you so Hopeless today. What is it that's causing your hopelessness? Is it your circumstances? Is it your uh, is it your fears? Is it your anger towards someone? Your unforgiveness. What is it that's producing your hopelessness? When we come to know Jesus Christ, as we discover here. These Spirit-filled prophets, number one, they promised God's grace was going to come to the world. These Spirit-filled prophets, secondly, they searched carefully during the days in which they lived. They paid careful attention to all that God's Word had said that they had of God's Word. They listened to the Holy Spirit. They prayed. They fasted. They worshiped. They paid attention to what God was saying to them. They listened carefully. They searched carefully to know the promised one. Who is this one who is coming? Who is this one? And what about his times? When will he come? Who is he? And when will he come? And these spirit-filled prophets, they then told the future. They predicted what we now know of the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ah, but listen, they also spoke about His second return. And very carefully spoke of His return. And now we wait for that return. We listen, we pay attention to the Spirit-filled prophets of the Old Testament who point us to the day that is coming The Lord is near to the door. He is about to return. And then we see here and we're reminded of what Pastor Mike's doing today. An example of what happens and what we all do as we share the gospel. We preach Jesus Christ. We preach the gospel. And here we learn that spirit-filled gospel preaching points to Jesus Christ, the hope of salvation, and the angels wonder and are amazed at what God is doing through all of us who once had no hope. Do you remember where you were when Jesus Christ found you in your sin? Do you remember how you were living? Do you remember what your life was like? Do you remember how miserable you were? Do you remember how confused you were? Do you remember what you were what you were lacking in your life and you could not find it through relationships, through uh, through different kinds of behavior. You came and you found Jesus. Somebody, somebody preached the gospel to you. That might've been one-on-one. It might've been them giving you a track. It might've been you picked up a Bible like the Gideons give out in our church to thousands of people all around. You might've heard somebody preach. You might've heard it on the radio. I don't know how you heard, but you heard preaching. You heard the preaching of the cross. You heard the preaching of the resurrection of Jesus. And because of that, you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and you exchanged your hopelessness for a life of hopefulness. Now you're a hopeful one. Now you're one of the hopeful ones in a world of hopeless people. This promise of the grace of God to come I would only say to you this that when you think about prophecy prophecy is telling the future but prophecy is also God's promise about Jesus Christ the promised one prophecies are about a person prophecies are about events that all converge around a person the person of Jesus Christ and there were many prophecies made that had to do with the coming of the Lord Jesus at his birth We've looked at some of those together. Today, I'm going to highlight a few for you. It'll be hard for you to turn to all of these verses. In a moment, I'm going to have you just listen as I quote some of these amazing uh, prophecies, these promises that are fulfilled in Christ's first coming as they're given to us by the apostles and by the Lord Jesus Christ. So we learn, first of all, that the grace of God has come through a person. It is coming. In fact, this is what Matthew says, and I'll just read it to you. Matthew, uh, if you're fast, you can turn to it. Matthew chapter 12, verse 17 and following. This is when the Lord Jesus was ministering to people. He was healing the sick. And then Matthew reminds us of Isaiah 42. He quotes Isaiah 42. This is, this, the Lord Jesus did this so that it might be fulfilled. What the prophet Isaiah has said. Now listen to these words. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. Notice, my servant, my beloved servant. I have put my spirit, my chosen one, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him, and he will bring, he, this chosen one, He will bring forth justice to the nations. A bruised reed He will not break, and a dimly burning wick He will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice in His name. The Gentiles, the nations, we are a part of them. In Him, the Gentiles will hope. You see, this is the grace to come. This is the one who won't even break off a broken reed that's been pushed over by the storm. This is the one who will come, who will not allow, he will not allow a burning wick that's just about to go out to extinguish. That may be some of you today. That may be the condition you're in. You're like a broken reed. You're like one. And the wick, the light of your life, the hope of your life is just about gone. But I point you to this chosen one. This one, the Lord Jesus, whom we've already heard was declared to Mary as the one who was the God-man. This special one, this unique one. That's that's the one. He's the one whom these Spirit-filled prophets throughout all the days of Israel kept pointing to. There's someone coming. There's someone coming. But these Spirit-filled prophets also searched very carefully about what was going to happen in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the life of this promised one. Notice what what Peter says to us in verse 11. They were, in verse 10, making careful searches and inquiries, and they were seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted. So the Holy Spirit was saying to them, there's someone coming. And as a result of the Holy Spirit revealing to them this one who was coming, Jesus Christ, they told the future. What was predicted to them by the Holy Spirit, they predicted to us in their words that were written down in the Old Testament. I think about Daniel. I think about Daniel's great prophecies of the seven, his great prophecy of the 70 weeks. Some of you are familiar with it, some of you are not. But how did Daniel handle his searching carefully about this one who was to come? Well, we read in Daniel chapter 9, I gave my attention to the Lord God to seek Him by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Oh, Daniel was careful. He was careful to pay attention to what God was... You see, he was a spiritual man. He was a spirit-filled man. He was a man who was uh, greatly admired and respected by the Babylonians. He was a Jew in captivity and yet here he is. God gives some of his greatest revelations to him about the future of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I read to you for the sake of time, Daniel 7 verse 13. I kept looking in the night visions and behold with the clouds of heaven. Listen, one like the son of man was coming. How did Isaiah say it? Behold my servant, my chosen one. How does Daniel say it? I saw as I was looking in the night visions in the spirit. Daniel sees the clouds in the clouds of heaven, one like the Son of Man who was coming, and he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. Listen now. To this one, to this Son of Man, to him was given dominion, glory and a kingdom that all the people's nations and men of every language might serve him his dominion this son of man we know as the lord jesus christ the one who fulfilled this promise his dominion is an everlasting dominion there is no dominion Nations come and go. Leaders and nations come and go. But the dominion of the Lord Jesus Christ, His reign and His rule, His dominion is everlasting and will not pass away. His kingdom is one which will never be destroyed. You see these spirit-filled prophets, they promised the grace of God that would come through the Lord Jesus Christ, the promised one. These spirit-filled prophets, they made careful search and inquiry. They paid careful attention so that they might write exactly what would be of this one who was going to come. This one that we know is the Lord Jesus Christ. But they also predicted that he would suffer and they predicted that he would have glory after his sufferings. You see, this is what is said in verse number 11. They were seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as He predicted. That is, the Holy Spirit predicts the sufferings of Christ and His glories to follow. You see, people say, people say when things are in a bad condition at their job, well, we need the right person. People say when they don't like the way circumstances are in government or in some other business, they, we need the right person. Uh, people say in their uh, when they talk about families that are troubled, we need the right person. The world needs the right person. The world needs the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is the right eternal person. He is the God-man. He is the one who has full complete authority and dominion. He is the one who reigns and is coming again. He's the right person. Look, if you have the right person, you can live in hope. You can step back and say, the right person has it. The right person has got this. And I want to remind you that nothing that happened in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ happened by accident. All that happened in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ was by divine purpose. He perfectly fulfilled the law of God and he completely, listen, fulfilled the promises of these Spirit-filled prophets about what he would do in his suffering and in His glory at resurrection and ascension. I just quote this to you, Isaiah 53 from Matthew chapter 8. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet, that He Himself would take our affirmities and carry away our diseases. Matthew 27, while the Lord is hanging on the cross, Psalm 22 is fulfilled. He trusted in God, let Him rescue Him now if He delights in Him, for He said He's the Son of God. Matthew 27, while the Lord hangs on the cross, again, he says from Psalm 22, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me as he hangs on the cross suffering in John chapter 19? While he is there on the cross, the soldiers are throwing their dice because they want to keep his garment. It'll be, it's going to be famous. This is a famous fellow who's dying on this cross. We want to keep his garment, his tunic. We'll keep it together. Why, who knows what kind of money we can get out of it. John 19, let us not tear. This comes from Psalm 22 also. Let's not tear it, but cast lots for it to decide whose it shall be. And what does John say? This was to fulfill the scriptures. They divided my outer garments among them and for my clothing, they cast lots. While the Lord hung on the cross in His last moments, what did He cry from Psalm 31? He said, Father, into my hands I commit my spirit. And in John 19, the Lord Jesus, again, knowing that the final hour had come, He said, Psalm 69:21, fulfilled it. I am thirsty. And then what do we see? We see these sad words in John 19 at the cross Zechariah 12 10 is fulfilled and again the scripture says they shall look on him whom they have pierced this is the promised one everything that occurred in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ was predetermined by God everything was set in pattern in motion by the promises of God look if you want hope count on it Count on the God who fulfills his promises. What he promises, he fulfills. Promise made, promise kept. Promise made, promise kept. But oh, wait a minute, there's more. The glory of the Lord Jesus, they searched carefully, it says here in our Bibles. they, They searched carefully so that the Holy Spirit who was predicting in them the sufferings of Christ but the glories to follow. You see, the Lord Jesus is no longer dead. He is risen from the dead, ascended to heaven, my friends. He is there as our great and glorious high priest for the church, but he will come again. He will come again. Hopefulness is about someone who is coming. Hopefulness is about someone who is coming to an absolutely broken miserable, hopeless, hope lost world. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is coming again. Is there any fervency? Is there any urgency in your heart about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ? Or are you just fine with what you've got? I'm just fine with what I've got, Pastor Mike. I'm good. If the Lord comes, well, that's icing on the cake, but I'm good. Oh, how sad it is to see that many of us have lost our first love. You see, when your loved one's not with you, you want them to return. Peter says in this very chapter that we've never seen the Lord with our eyes, but we love Him with joy inexpressible and full of glory. But you see, the Lord is coming again. The Lord said to the Jews, He said, the only sign I'm going to give to this generation is the sign of Jonah. I quote from Matthew 12. This is Jonah 1.17. What does the Lord say? Just as Jonah was three days and nights in the belly of the sea monster, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, and then He will rise again. What did the Lord say to those disciples when He was walking beside them on the the road? Luke 24, 46, it is written that it was necessary for Christ to suffer and rise again on the third day. What did the the apostles preach? Psalm 16, the Lord Jesus died, but his body did not decay. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. What What do the apostles preach in Acts 13? They preach Isaiah 53, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. When you look at the cross, you see the bruising, you see the wrath of God. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed and his days will be prolonged. You see, there's glory. He rose from the dead. And Paul said, quoting from Psalm 68, when he ascended on high, he led captive captives. He He led captivity captive and... He gave gifts to men. So you see, this is the one who is the fulfillment of the promises of these spirit-filled prophets. And these things are for you. These are for our generation. These are for us to preach. This is why we preach. Our brother who wrote us the letter from Cuba reminds us we preach. We go and we share the gospel. We go and we talk to people who are in the dark. We go in as the light of the world. We say, look, I found my hope in a person, in the right person, in the only person who could ever change my life completely. And His name is Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. And He can change your life too. This is what the church must be about preaching. This is what we must be talking about. You know, for us to be famous for anything else would be a shame. What is it that the church is famous for in our day? Well, I hope and pray that First Baptist Church Dixon is famous for our preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because these things have been announced to you. Do you remember who your preacher was? Whom you first heard the gospel from? Oh, how wonderful it is. Generation after generation, what does God do? He continues through the preaching of the gospel. Through the preaching of the cross through the preaching of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, His ascension and His coming again, through Spirit-filled gospel preaching, the good news is given to you, to us, to every generation until Jesus comes. Praise God. And so by common confession, Paul said, great is the mystery of godliness. This is the Lord Jesus. Great is the mystery of godliness who was revealed in flesh. He was vindicated in the Spirit seen by angels proclaimed preached among the nations believed on in the world and taken up into glory all these things angels are amazed by they are amazed that the promised one has come now they were dispatched at various times to describe uh, to the world they were the angels were there at his birth the angels were there At his resurrection and the angels accompanied him as he ascended to heaven. And the angels will come again with him when he returns to this world. You see, the only way the world will be made right is for the right person to come. And the right person who's coming is the Lord Jesus Christ. So what do we do with these things today? I hope you consider Jesus the fulfillment of the promises of the prophets. You're never going to meet with anyone like this one. He is the one who completely fulfills the promises and prophecies of the old. Look, all prophecy focuses around and points toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Desire Him. How is your desire for the Lord Jesus today? When I stand and preach to you, when I talk to you about the Lord Jesus Christ... Is your heart warm about it? Do you have a warm heart for the Lord Jesus Christ? Or when I talk about the Lord Jesus, is it just like some kind of historic information for you? It's as if you're going, you're being informed about data, but there's no emotion in it. Nothing draws your heart out. Nothing makes you long and desire to love Him more. Do you desire the Lord Jesus Christ? During this season of time, as we talk so much about the Lord's first coming, Will there be in your heart a desire to be closer to Him, to walk with Him, to follow Him? You see, that's what we do. We, be, we consider Him, we desire Him, we believe we believe in Him and we call on Him as our high priest and follow Him all the days of our life. So what does Peter do in conclusion? I want you to see the verse as we finish. 1 Peter 1.13 So therefore, from all of what I've just talked to you about, from everything I've been saying to you over the last 20 minutes or so, therefore, what do we do? What do we who live in hope do? Prepare your mind for action. It's time to be busy. It's time to get up and go. It's time to serve the Lord. All of you. It's time for you to find your ministry. It's time for you to do the work. God's. It's time for prepare your mind for action. No more time, no more time for whining, no more time for complaining, no more time for moaning, no more time for fear, no more time for worry. It's time to prepare your mind. You are one who lives in hope. When you're hopeful, your mind is prepared for action for dealing with and resisting the devil, for standing and sharing the gospel, for for discipling others, for ministering and caring for others. Prepare your mind for action. It's time for us to be busy. It's time for us to be sober. It's time for us to be serious-minded about the shortness of time until the Lord returns. And then what do we do? We expectantly wait. We fix our hope completely, Peter says in verse 13 on the grace that will be brought to you. The grace will be brought to you at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I remind you, judgment will come to the world at the second coming of the Lord, but the grace of God will come to you and all of God's people at His return. As to the salvation that we have been given, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come, They sought to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as He predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. In these things which now have been announced to you through the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things into which the angels long to look to the praise of the glory of his grace the lord is near to the door oh what a wonderful time advent is brother scott said it he has come he's come here he's among us and he is coming again and so we pray come lord jesus